This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. A simple question with perhaps complex answers. Which version of the Cowboys do you believe will show up on Sunday evening? So we were talking about this whenever people text in and they're like, y'all are dumb, y'all are homers, no way the Cowboys are going to win. Well, I mean, the point spread's three and a half. So Vegas thinks it's viable. Multiple national experts have picked the Cowboys to win. I certainly think it's possible. But if you look at the Washington game and you look at the Tampa game, this is a team that can go in many different directions or like shockingly different directions. The only thing I'm really concerned about is the five days rest. Okay. Like that really does. It, it is a, that's fortunate for San Francisco. I'm not complaining about it. I'm not saying it's not fair, but it does concern me as the Cowboys need to like their offensive line has to be in good shape to, for this game. Uh, for multiple reasons. They need to run the ball effectively. And the Niners, I have a stat later in the C block that kind of points to what they have to do. The 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 defense, Jaron Curse is going to be very important to what the Cowboys do as well. Their safety play is something that even Kyle Shanahan was talking about yesterday. Is like he's like, man, they've done a really good job with that because they can use them in so many multiple ways. And even Shanahan was pointing out that's different than what Dan Quinn, as the head coach, was trying to get out of his defense while they were in Atlanta. So that's a new evolution in Dan Quinn's defense. Since you talked about J. Ron Curse, I was just curious. I know you brought it up yesterday. How awesome do you think it is? Or how many players do you think there are that like, oh, yeah, no, I definitely wanted to play this game. Like, not that you're not motivated in the playoffs anyway, but all the people who are like, no, I know exactly how our season ended last year. Yeah. Isn't this the... In another way, the Lamar Jackson. Oh, you don't care about me? I think that Jerry Jones does do a good job, whether you like him or not, and he has his issues, that he makes you feel like you want to yes. be part of this. Yes. I mean, uh, you know what? That's true. The great, the great point that you just made there, Mike, ask Jesse Holly when he when Jerry Jones was pitching him to come to the team. Jesse Holly is a it's a really interesting story, and I can't describe it the exact same way. But he walked him around the new stadium, and he's talking about how he picks each bolt, each screw that goes into every. He's like, I handpicked all these things, and then turns it to, and I'm handpicking you to become part of what we do. You know, like he makes you feel like you're the most important piece now to what we're going to try and accomplish. Whether that's real or not, he that's how he feels about this thing. So I think you, you're you're dead on. All of these guys want to be out there for not just because they know what happened last year, but because they believe the whole organization has this kind of mindset. I think also Mike McCarthy's ability to create a, a family environment, a real team environment, has been a good, a huge factor too. Because people say, Kevin, that working with Jerry is impossible. 
because yeah. he undercuts all these things that you're trying right. to grow. And Mike McCarthy is somehow, even in like while all the chaos has been going on, has still been able to keep that room. And that's a, that's a positive. It just if you look back at the Cowboys or you look at some of the Fantex or the Twolos, you would think that the Cowboys go into this game at three and seven or something like that in their last ten games. Since the bye, last two months, because even NFL.com said the Cowboys have been the most erratic team over the last two months, and I think that is very fair. But they also go into the playoffs since the bye, seven and three. And if you want to focus on what will be the last two months, it's seven and two. And so what do you have in that run? You have the still perplexing loss to Green Bay. How do you follow that up? You go on the road and beat the crap out of Minnesota. And I know people are like, I don't think Minnesota's that good. All right, fair enough. But they still had an amazing record, and you whipped the crap out of them. And then you handled the Giants after a terrible start. And then you put together the most amazing fourth quarter we've maybe ever seen in NFL history in the win over the Colts. And then what do you follow that up with? A very underwhelming performance against Houston. A very underwhelming performance against Jacksonville, which loses you the game. And then you go out and hand Philadelphia, who I think at that point was like, what, 13-1? and one, Their second loss of the season. And then what do you follow it up with? A dud against Tennessee, even though you won, and a dud against Washington. And what's your follow-up to that? You whip Tampa's ass. Mm. And for everyone who keeps saying, like, oh, Tampa's not that good, fair enough. The Cowboys destroyed them. It might have said 31 to 14. That was a 31 to 6 game before everyone put it on cruise control. That could have gotten way worse. You beat their ass. Here's something that I think last year, Mike, aside from the Cardinals game, most of the season the Cowboys were able to put the pedal down and then the other team quit. Like I really like go back and watch a lot of those games. The other team was like, man, their their offense is just going to blow us out. And it was, hey, we hit you early. See you later. And then they went up against San Francisco and they got hit back multiple times. And they were like, crap, what do we have left? I think that was a reality in last year's team. This season, I think there have been those moments of struggle that the Cowboys have had to overcome. And a lot of people in their models will say, well, that, you know, that doesn't matter. You know, human... What's the word I'm looking for? Humans? Human, yeah, but whenever you go through things. You, um, Reaction? Struggle? Fight struggle, yeah. Well, you struggle. Uh, uh, adversity. Human adversity doesn't matter in, in the models, and the numbers. Uh, but it, I think this team needs some of those things and can rely on some of those things. And that's why Tampa, you hit them, and Tampa, Tampa quit early. I know they came back late in that game, but that was Tom Brady like clinging on to everything he had left. Also, I think the Cowboys had quit caring by that point. The... Like, yeah, they took. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a very smart move, by the way, if we haven't talked about this. Micah Parsons went off of defensive end. They put him at linebacker. And I was watching the Manning cast at that point. I watched most of it the other way. But when the game got out of hand, I was like, well, let me put on the Manning cast and just see what they're doing. And at one point, Eli and Peyton are like, hey, I know it's 24 to 0, but maybe it looks like they're taking Micah off of defensive end. Don't let him get in a rhythm. And I'm thinking, I think this is kind of smart. You're kind of. You're kind of like, hey, look, we still need you on the field, but we're not going to waste your body right now. We think we have this game in hand. You're going to be on the field and still making plays, but we're not going to have you go up against a 320-pound offensive lineman the rest of this game. So to your point, kind of, hey, we got this game in hand. We still got to play it, play it out, but let's give some of our guys, like Micah Parsons, 
a little bit of you don't have to go up against a 320-pound guy the rest of this game. To, but to end that, Kevin, is I think that happened last year, and then I think that happened in this game. Cowboys hit them, and then they had control the rest of the way. I don't think that's going to happen in this game. Sure. And, th- and this sure. is what I, I talked about this with you yesterday morning, I believe. And I would like you to help me with this. Any okay. boxing fans out there, if y'all yeah, have yeah, any yeah. thoughts on this, this is one of those fights where you don't go out and stun them and then they're done for the rest of the game. This is going to be one of those that you're going to hit, they're going to hit back. It's it's two heavyweights going back and forth the full 12 rounds, and somebody might get knocked out late in the game, but it's going to be one of those it goes the entire way. So if anybody has an example, that's what I would do if I'm McCarthy. I would show the guys this fight and say, this fight right here, it went back and forth. But the guy who eventually won was the guy who got the last punch See, or whatever it is. And then I'm starting to think, because originally, go Rocky ahead. too. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I think most of the Rockies kind of fit that, but. I you was, ain't so bad. I was, that's three. That's three. Is I was originally thinking of Mike Tyson in terms of. It took people a long time to figure this out, but like you have to weather that storm because he's going to come out and try to destroy you. But now I'm thinking more like Hagler Hearns or Hagler Sugar Ray Leonard or something like that where there's going to be ebbs and flows in the momentum. Because I'll tell you right now, if we walk in on Monday, I'll be super pumped, but it's because the Cowboys beat the 49ers by 17 points. I will be shocked. Yeah shocked and so i think about it more like that in the ebb and flow and this is this is what i wanted to get down to with this question that people are saying from the let's see well there's a lot of text now somebody here we go from the 682 the reason we're so negative was we're sure the bad version of the team will be the one to show up in san francisco and so just look at the last two games because I love your analogy of the ebb and flow. I feel like we take the ebb and flow for the Cowboys to the extreme. We go game by game and ebb and flow. Not just quarter by quarter yeah. like you kind of hope, but think about it. That Washington game was a catastrophe. And the Tampa game was fantastic. The QBR for Dak Prescott in those games. In the Washington game, a shockingly low 14.8. And then against Tampa, it was 96.5. Not quarterback rating, QBR, which was the best of the weekend. It, I need to double check. It's probably the best of his career, or at least right at the top. It's astonishing how Dak, how the Cowboys, how everyone. And that's why this team is so complicated. Hey, doesn't this team lead the league in points since Dak came back? Yes. Doesn't Dak also lead the league in interceptions? Yeah. Yes. Haven't we had an all-star or a Pro Bowl caliber kicker all year? Yes. Isn't he the same guy who missed four extra points for the first time in the history of organized football in the last game? Yes. Are you getting more confident as this week has gone by? A little bit. I I'm I'm I know it's I know it's going to be a, a really fun game to watch. It's two really good teams. That's where I'm. If it was a blowout in San Francisco's direction, I'll vomit. But yeah, it's it's two really good teams. <laughs> And that's what I'm excited about the most is that I'm expecting. Fair. That'll be your punishment good. at 10 a.m. on Monday morning. If the Cowboys lose, you have to stick your finger down your throat. And just and throw vomit. up. Okay, I'll Not do that. Not on the air. It'll make other people throw up. But the like, I, I, I do feel like it's two really good football teams going against each other. However, Kevin, you brought up the interceptions. That like, Just look at what happened with Seattle. They had one moment that turned into an avalanche of moments against San Francisco, right? Yes. Like that one turnover yes. 
changes everything, and then it feels like it's impossible to catch up and be back in that game. I expect I don't. There's no way I expect this Cowboys team to show up flat, though. Not not at all. Okay. And they've done it before, but I don't. Okay. And that I feel good about that. And this I want to read this text because sometimes we joke about trolls. I don't think this person is trolling. I just this is just not how I feel from the two and four. Man, y'all be getting on my nerves sometimes, but I still love the hell out of y'all. Who cares about the last two games? It's this game we got to serve up a platter of positivity. The Cowboys will be Let's victorious go. against San Francisco. I- I'm telling, yeah. I'm telling you now. If I felt that way, like what did I say all last week? Tampa Bay sucks, and if you lose this game, I'll come in here and be like, well, maybe this team sucks too. We beat their ass. I do not feel that way going into this game. I 100% believe that the Cowboys can win this game, and I am more confident. But this is a matchup I don't want. I would have much rather seen Philly in this spot. San Francisco is a really, really good team. If I had to guess, my guess would be San Francisco wins. I am hopeful. I am wrong. I grew up in the Metroplex. I love the Cowboys. I was born and raised here, and I hope I'm wrong. But if you want the pos- the you know platter of positivity, I think that's disingenuous. I can't tell you all week, oh, we're going to destroy them. I don't feel that way. I hope I'm wrong, too. I'm picking 49ers by seven. So... That's if, if you want the other side of it, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I think I do too. I think home field advantage will matter here. Uh, I think, it, and I'm not this is an excuse. It is what it is. Life isn't fair. But the Cowboys on a little bit of a short rest. Uh, obviously, the 49ers getting done on Saturday afternoon. I'm not saying that's the deciding factor, but there just there is quite a few things that make me lean towards San Francisco. And I heard Choppy and Jane and and Sean uh, talk. This morning and Bobby that the 49ers haven't beat anybody uh, somewhat. Their record is maybe a little false. Yeah. And I get it, but I'm just looking at Brock Purdy's games because I have it pulled up here on DraftKings because I'm thinking about taking him as my quarterback because he's so cheap. Uh, not meaning that he's going to have the best week out of all weeks, but it costs a lot more money to have Patrick Mahomes on your fantasy team than Brock Purdy. They beat Miami 33 to 17. That was his first start when he had to start. They uh, then beat Tampa Bay 35-7. to Yeah. Then they went to Seattle and won 21-13. By the way, that 35-7, first time ever Tom Brady lost to a rookie quarterback. Wow. Then they played Washington and won 37-20. Now, it doesn't mean because you lost to Washington by 20 and they beat them by 17, you're going to lose or anything. Each game is its own individual game. At Las Vegas, only 137-34. And I'm telling you, I feel like that's the game if you want to try to dissect their defense. Yeah. I know that's the game a lot of folks are keying in on. Lost, or Sorry, beat Arizona 38-13, and then in the wild card game, won 41-23 against Seattle. So... I hear you, but Miami did make the playoffs. I know they're not a very good team. Tampa Bay did make the playoffs. I know they're not a very good team. Seattle did make the playoffs. I know they're not a very good team. But four out of their seven games that he's played in, Brock Purdy, they they made the playoffs. Yeah. So he literally faced four games out of his seven games that they were playoff teams. The Cowboys are better than all those teams I just mentioned. For sure. The Cowboys do have a chance to win. It would be very interesting. The thing that we were worried about the most was Tom Brady having the ball with a chance to win late in the game. I think in this situation, we're not as scared. Yes, you you want to be winning enough that it won't matter. 
But Brock Purdy right now, I wonder what the pressure would be like in his eighth ever start in the NFL with do or die, three minutes to go, try to go 60 or 75 yards to win this game. I think you make very valid points. Appreciate all the feedback. It is, is, don't get me wrong, it is phenomenal to see how confident Cowboys fans are. I will admit, before, thank you, before the Tampa game, I probably would have been about 80-20 in favor of San Francisco. Since that, in the lead-up, I'm down to 60-40. So, like, it, the gap has absolutely closed for me. And I said this before. If they win this game, I believe the Cowboys will go to the Super Bowl. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The if Fan. If Urban Meyer showed up in a San Francisco 49ers, like, shirt on the sideline, would that change your mind? Would you be like, you know what? Now 100% Cowboys. Yeah, because he's just thinking about what dive bar. He can get some hooch up on him. Oh is, by the way, all right, one more quick thing. Is Greg Roman stepping down as the Ravens offensive coordinator? So that is Reggie the second o- OC of the day to be gone. Coming up next. Let's switch it up. We're going to have some fun. I'm excited about this segment. It's time for Masterpiece Theater. Who is the best fictional head coach of all time? 877-881-1053. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We've been talking a lot of Cowboys, which I get leading into a humongous game. Cowboys 49ers, 5.30 right here on 105.3 The Fan. Of course, we got you covered with the specs lead up to the pregame show. We'll have the official pregame show, the official postgame show, everything you need Dallas Cowboys related this week, this weekend, and hopefully going forward right here on 105.3 The Fan. So, Wanted to change it up a little bit with some Masterpiece Theater. Who is the best fictional head coach of all time? Take it away, Waddle. In case anybody's ever wondering if they're watching on the fan cam, I do a monocle and a walking stick because of how fancy this music and intro is. Classy. Yes, we are so classy. So, 877-881-1053. Who is the best fictional head coach of all time. Is it like movies then? 
or TV shows. Gotcha. Mike, are you are you you're a huge major league guy, right? Like right. You played for Cleveland. Wow. And you did you like that movie growing up too? I love that movie. I did too, man. It was awesome. Actually, I, I think I got Major League Two audio yesterday to fix Brett Maher. Oh. But I don't. I never played it, Joey. I'm sorry. I really asked you to go out there and find it. It was awesome. Well, fear not. We do have Major League One audio if you want to hear from Lou Brown. All right, everybody. We got 10 minutes to game time. Let's all gather around. I'm not much for giving inspirational addresses. I'd just like to point out that every newspaper in the country has picked us to finish last. The local press seems to think we'd save everyone a lot of time and trouble if we just went out and shot ourselves. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Me, I'm for wasting sports writers' time. So I'd like to hang around and see if we can give them all a nice big <laughs> burger to eat. <laughs> I do love that line. If we just went out there and shot ourselves. Like it is so dramatic. That is such a great speech because I'm not saying it's exactly like a clubhouse there, but whoever wrote that yeah. has a little bit of minor league or major league experience somehow and kind of how you would address a team before a season starts. Now there's a lot more that goes into it, but that clip there is just amazing uh, on kind of how it can sound uh, in a major league clubhouse. And he is, I feel like he might be my MVP of that movie. I know there are so many great performances, but when he gets offered the job and and he's at the tire shop and he goes, I don't know. I got a guy on the other line talking about a set of white walls. And he's like, those are the two things that he's debating about. The writer is David S. Ward. I think he also wrote the program. Oh. Like, I'm so, looking at his movies, and he wrote the program, Down Periscope. That's a weird one. Anyway. Oh, yeah, the Kelsey Grammer movie? Yeah. That is weird. Is that your vote, then, or are you going um, in a different direction? Man, this is tough. I didn't think about this a long time. That's um, Obviously, I do like Al Pacino. Uh, any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. I think that's he does a great job as uh, as the coach there. Um, those are the two I lean towards off the top of my head. Obviously, one of my favorite movies of all time is Hoosiers. Oh, yeah. So I do really like Gene uh, Hackman. Gene Hackman there. So I'll give those as I don't know how to rank them, but those are I didn't even think of Lou Brown. I will say that before this came in, I was thinking more of any given Sunday and and um, um, Hoosiers. Hoosiers. So those are the two I was thinking of. But Lou Brown is a great uh, person to put in this. Kevin, my favorite coach of fictional coach of all time is from a movie that a tale that captured a time and place where differences could be settled by games and a cold war was put on ice. Herb Brooks took oh. a ragtag squad of college kids up against the legendary juggernaut. This yeah. is a real person. The evil the evil evil Russia. Uh and despite long odds the U.S. carried the pride of a nation yearning from a distraction from world events. Hey, uh, Corey, With the world watching, just, Corey, the team uh, rose to the quick? occasion. Prompt, hey, real? stop being Mike and interrupting okay. me here. Herbie's a real person. Prompting Al Michaels. He, he Al Michaels even joined in the movie. This was wild how great this movie That's was. That's for the actual call! And when he said this line in the movie, I don't know who wrote it, the whole rest of the world like picked up on it, and they were like, hey, do you believe in miracles? That was amazing that a movie could inspire such a line. 
Hey, Corey. That, yes. That was a that was a right pretty speech you had there. Herb Brooks is a real person. He was yeah. a real coach. Yeah. For the 1980 yes, in that US movie. hockey team. No, no, in real I believe, life. I believe that's it like too. picking Coach Carter, Samuel L. Jackson. I thought we couldn't pick them it because was, he's actually a real, real people. person. It was such I can't a, pick yeah. Denzel Washington and remember the Titans because he was a real person. It was such a good acting job. Uh, by, he did not. Fictional sounds like real to him. By Kurt Russell. I got it. I forget that too sometimes. <laughs> so fictional, Corey's like. It's got to be a real coach. It has to be a real because coach. Because as soon as you started this, I was like, hold on. But then I also thought, that is not who I thought you were going to say. I felt like 100% I Kurt knew. Kurt Russell who. was great in that, man. And like I said, Herb Brooks, that's the dude. Okay. Well, it was a great movie. Yeah. But he Greatest is, fictional great coach. Speech. He is real, that though. never happened, but. From the 817, <laughs> Al Pacino, any given Sunday. Coach Balsack, I've seen multiple votes <laughs> for that. A lot of people are saying Lou Brown. Henry Winkler in Waterboy. I'm going to go with the most accomplished of the fictional coaches. Joey, you know the audio that I want to hear. This is the guy. Do I? You do. Okay. Oh, my gosh. There are a few out there. Nope. Who do stop. In you. Stop. McCoy. I knew I was wrong. Anything Matthew Mah- Okay, here we go. Yeah. That, I, I, right, no, okay, I'm that's right. a great guess, though, because Eric Taylor <laughs> from Friday Night Lights <laughs> is... He won two state championships, and that's impressive, and I do love that show. However, this person had higher aspirations. We're Team USA, gathered from all across America, and we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. That's right, Neon. And just when you think they're about to break apart, ducks Ducks fly fly together. together! When the wind blows hard and the sky is black, what? ducks fly together! And when the roosters are crowing and the cows are spinning circles in the pasture, okay, uh, ducks fly together! And when everyone says it can't be done, oh. ducks fly together. Pretty sure that was a documentary That's about easy the to shoot. Anaheim ducks. If you miss the one that you're aiming for, you get the other one. <laughs> so, you think about it, Coach Bombay... Who was he? Remember that store? He had some, he had some problems with his DUI. I bought a bed frame from there. (laughs) I did. That's why he had a limo driver in Cedar Hill. Yeah, he had to get it together Mm -hmm. because he had problem with alcohol and driving. And think about it, he took the worst team in the league, the worst team in the league, and he led them to a state championship. And then, sure, did they pick up some ringers? They did. But then they won an, a world championship. What happened to the logical step to national championship? I don't know. Why did the third movie focus on them making their prep hockey team? I don't know. But he took that ragtag group of nobodies. Just like and Herb. they won a, a world championship. Herb Brooks is a real person. All right, then I think we got to go. Ted Lasso. Yeah, I Let think we got to go Lasso. for the 806. When a man can take four Jamaican sprinters. And turn them into bobsled Olympians. Isn't he real, he deser- too? What are you talking about right now? How are these movies all real? I, I think I have heard that perhaps some of those exploits in that movie were not real. What? Which, you know. Like them sitting in the bathtub and all going, left! That part right. doesn't surprise me, but I do Big believe. Big eyes, full butts, can't th- lose. No, that's a different, that's not even a thing, is I do believe John Candy was based on, like, their sort of real coach. Okay, can I get one more shot at this? Okay. You're going to lose again. Jimmy McGinty. 
He told John Favreau to go get him the football, and John Favreau From brought the him the football. They talked about quicksand in, in the movie somewhere too. Shane Falco, who had like basically, you know, he gave up the booty on that one. He was like, "Hey, I'm going to do this for money." What movie is this? The this is the replacements. I this is love based the off a real thing too. Yeah, isn't no, it? I, I do <laughs> not believe so. Isn't like, it based off of the strike? No, well, it might be based off of like. Wait, isn't uh, Keanu Reeves the quarterback? It's Shane Falco. I, it's Shane Falco out it's, there. It's loosely based off of that, isn't it? I know there were strikes. <laughs> And was it 82 and 87? There are this. I do not believe that the replacements. Is you remember the replacements? Oh, you know really I can't pick that. Gene Hackman. He's a real person, too. The guy in Hoosiers. That's a real story. So you failed as well. I did fail. But Jimmy McGinty is definitely like I loved Jimmy. He had the, the Landry fedora that yeah. he wore around and everything. It was awesome. OK, I'm a little surprised in my mind. The top two. Remember, these are the best fictional coaches of all time. The top two in my mind that I thought you were going to say were either Craig T. Nelson oh, from Coach. I love Coach. What about Dauber, his assistant? I thought we were only it's in movies. Patrick I didn't Starr realize we were also TV. SpongeBob. See, then the other one I thought you might say is Ted Lasso. Ted I have seen great, yeah. a few Craig T. Nelsons, but there are a ton of Ted Lasso's on there. The and power of positivity, man. Like, it really is a contagious vibe. Now, I'm sorry that I cut you off earlier, Joey. It's okay. If you have your own vote, I want to hear it. And if not, I want to hear the audio you were going to play because I think that's my close second place. Yeah, it would definitely be Coach Eric Taylor. There are a few out there who do still believe in you. If you'll never give up on you. You go back out on the field, those are the people I want in your minds. Those are the people I want in your hearts. Every man at some point in his life going to lose a battle. He's going to fight and he's going to lose. But what makes him a man is that in the midst of that battle, he does not lose himself. This game is not over. This battle is not over. So let's hear it one more time. Together. Quack. Clear oh, eyes, full quack. hearts. Oh, okay. Can't lose! Oh, yeah. I wish Kevin. I was better at speeches like that. Usually after we make three errors in an inning, I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you guys? Hey, I'm not, farthead, get your ass yeah, together. I'm not even hey, convinced. You're out of the game. I'm not convinced the speech New is that third good. third baseman. I think you could say anything over that music, and it's going to yeah. sound inspiring. Like, that music's amazing. They went out and beat Voodoo right after that. Yeah, listened, they were losing. And then he went to the poor, the poor part of town and yes, coached the did. Every morning when I wake up, I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym. And then I start playing that song, and I'm like, we got. I have to. This is a, I have to go right now. There's a couple songs I have that, like, help me out, with, whether it's uh, Lovely Day. That helps fire me up, or All I Do Is Win. Those songs yep. help, like, get me going. Now, I have also seen multiple folks saying Tom Hanks in a league of their own. All right. You have a couple issues. I, I have maybe one issue with this and then a broader question about the movie. He was a terrible coach. And I know he turned it around. Yeah. But weren't there only four teams in that league and they didn't win? Okay. Well, that's because uh, Gina Davis gave it up to her sister. Now, let's talk about it. Gina Davis, well, first of all, mark what he said, but also Gina Davis dropped that ball on purpose, right? Absolutely. She had Kit dead to rights. She doesn't drop that ball. She did it on purpose. Yeah. And I think the person that really needs to 
get all the credit for getting all that talent on the team is Jonathan Levitz. He's really the one. He was wow, like, "Wow, what a fancy pronunciation or, or a fancy first name." There. I gotta go. I gotta go see another girl. Hope you're not jealous. Yeah, he's the one that got all the talent around there. Why John Lovitz? Well, I don't care how long he was in the movie. <laughs> Why he was not nominated for best supporting actor go in watch that movie? Scenes. It was awesome. And like when he improvised when they're in the field and the cow keeps mooing and he turns around <laughs> and goes, "Will you shut up?" Like that, he just made that up. That wasn't part of the script, and just phenomenal. Is all right. A lot of people are supporting Gordon Bombay. We're getting Billy Hayward from Little Big League. You remember that mm-hmm. when like his grandfather died? He's like, "You get the Minnesota Twins," and he goes, "You know what? I'm going to coach this team." Actually, I feel like that kid kind of looks like Joey right now. So could I'll Joey be the manager for the Minnesota Twins? Give me Scott Erickson. Oh, yeah. Now we got something. Back in black. <laughs> it, is, oh, go ahead. Go, Nick Nolte from Blue Chips. Oh, yeah. I, I, that was my you, wife. I took that as the first date I ever went on with my wife. Did she love Nick Nolte in that movie? I don't know. What about Alfre Woodward? She got mad because I didn't know any better when we dropped her off at her house. I was like, hey, that was fun. And then she just got out of the car. And I was like, all right, see you later. I didn't and you didn't walk her to the door? No, I didn't know any better. Yeah. But what was the maddest she got at you around dating? <laughs> uh, she went to college. I got some. <laughs> I got some breaking news here. If oh. you want some, from Bobby Belt. Oh, on Twitter. I bet oh. it's about the Cowboys. New kicker Tristan Viscaino went three for five today, kicking field goals. With a gusty wind, Brett Maher went six for six. For half a second. I really thought you were about to say Brett Maher went six for five. I was going to be like, I don't even know how that works, but that's amazing. All right, so Vizcaino might be out of here today, Did not phase Brett Maher today, baby. He's back. And then I know we got Mike Likes It coming up, but a couple more. Morris Buttermaker from Bad News Bears, and then Danny O'Shea from Little Giants, Rick Moranis. Yes. That's a well, that's a very entertaining movie. I was supposed to say great movie. I don't know. Realistic. If that is... Have you seen Icebox lately? Is she still got it? I know you showed me that one thing, but <laughs> picture. I should have just said picture. Thing wow. made it sound way worse. That was awkward. Is no, she was smoke showing it up. And then from the four six nine, the pitching coach Daniel Stern from <laughs> Rookie of the Year. All brilliant. Is that oh, how, yeah, are a lot of pitching coaches ah, like ice. that, Mike? Or is that a like he a, locked no. himself in a like, cage? Yeah. <laughs> no, I would say maybe like uh, a bullpen catcher or something can be like that. But okay. somebody who literally is maybe the second most important person on your coaching staff, like Mike Maddox, they're pretty important to the failure success of your team because if your pitching staff is getting bad scouting reports or bad game plans. It's like Kellen Moore, really. A, a pitching coach is very much like Kellen Moore. And if you give the pitcher bad sequences before the game and tell him, hey, I want you to start him off this way, get ahead of him this way. I want you to put him away with, let's just say, slider. I want you to really go fastball in to get ahead of him. And that is a bad approach to that guy. Sometimes you're like, man, that pitcher stunk. And, yes, obviously the pitcher gets all the blame, but sometimes – that was what the pitching coach told you to do. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a couple more for Burt Reynolds in the longest yard. I don't think I ever saw that version. I saw the crappy Adam Sandler version 
But I don't think I ever did see the original because of that. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We got Merton Hanks coming up at 1.30. But right now, how about some Mike Likes It? All right, so I want to go a little bit back to the Mavs. I was lucky enough okay. yesterday with Derek Holland to go to the Maverick game, and for everybody's like, Mike, you're just a Mavs hater, this and that. So this is me during the Mavs game. I didn't know Derek was filming this. He caught this, and out of all the things to catch, it's when I'm actually, if you can hopefully hear me over the Let's Go Mavs chance and everything, I'll give you an idea of what's happening. Christian Wood, the ball has swung to him in the corner where we're sitting, very okay. close to where the ball is at. So it's really fun sitting this close because you can't maybe hear what they're saying, right. but you can see when they're talking to right. each other and talking trash. So here is Christian Wood catching the ball in the corner against John Collins and me reacting to it. Just in case you think I cussed there, I did say bucket, not the other thing. Obviously, we wouldn't play that on the air. But it was really fun. John Collins earlier in the game in that corner had nailed a three on Dorian Finney-Smith and kind of talked trash to him as he was running back. And John Collins, once again, looks like a superstar against the Mavs. And then the rest of the year, he looks like an average player. Uh, Is Christian Wood probably took a little bit of offense to how John Collins was playing and certain things that John Collins was doing. So when Christian Wood caught that ball in the corner, he didn't immediately catch and shoot. He like caught the ball, made sure he was almost up on him, said something to him, and then made sure to shoot it as he was on him and switched it. And those are those moments when you are sitting really close that are really fun to be a part of. I can watch. definitely and you can, see that. Listen, if you're listening to me, I'm cheering for the Mavs. I want the Mavs to win, you know. So, going into that, I know that this is going to sound very derogatory or that I'm not a Mavs fan. Okay. But I have posted on my Twitter, I posted one of the art. There's tons of articles. Just You can click on a whole bunch of them in August on Mark Cuban getting sued by oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 3.5 million Americans yeah, lost $5 billion. Dollars. Yeah. And... I just keep hearing these things. I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I just keep hearing these things that financially maybe Mark Cuban is not into uh, the Mavericks as much as you need to be when you have a superstar player. So I went back and looked last year. So the teams that paid the tax last year were Golden State, Brooklyn, the Clippers, the Lakers, Milwaukee, Utah, and Philadelphia. Okay. What do they all have in common? They're They're really good. Yes, and their superstar has hit the max contract. So now you're paying your superstar 40 to over $50 million a year. That's just what it is in the NBA when you get a top player like Golden State and Steph Curry, Brooklyn in Kevin Durant, and also Kyrie Irving. You get the Clippers where they paid a whole bunch of money to Kyrie and Paul George. George, you get – then you get – LeBron and Anthony Davis. Milwaukee, obviously, you're paying a whole bunch to to Giannis. And just think about how small of a market that Milwaukee is, that they are paying a a premium tax for their team. Utah, small little market in Salt Lake City, but because they were paying Donovan Mitchell so much money and Rudy Gobert so much money, they're like, screw it. We got to go after this. This is our chance to go after it. We are going to pay a tax on this team because we think we can win it all. Obviously, the whole thing got destroyed as the season progressed and we saw the Mavericks eliminate them and they've gone into a rebuilding route now and Philadelphia has uh, Joel Embiid. And then obviously they traded for 
James Harden. They are paying a huge amount of money to two players. And when you do this, when you have a player yeah. like these guys, you have to. Who is prepared to pay the luxury tax over the next few years? You can already look at their salary this year and then their future salary and go, they're paying the tax the next few years. Well, Denver's paying the tax this year. Denver's salary goes up by $10 million next year, which means their luxury tax number goes up by a whole bunch wow. next year. So Denver's like, look, we got Jokic. Yeah. We got to pay this tax. Cause sure. Wh- when was the last time we had a player like this in our whole franchise? Never. Carmelo Anthony, and then he left us for yeah. New York. So literally, they've only had one guy. And I think Jokic is better, but yeah, right. I hear you. But like in their whole franchise, yeah. they've only ended up with two guys they felt like could be championship winning players in their 40 plus year history in Denver. And you look at Dallas and they've only had two players in the history of their franchise where you could say, look, we have the guy, we can do this because he is a top 10 player in the league. And look, hate saying this, this is the way the league is built. If you don't have a top 10 player in the league, you're finished. There's no way to win. Shea Gilch's Alexander is doing a great job in Oklahoma City, and they're winning way more games than anybody expected. Problem is, Shea Gilch's Alexander will never be a top 10 player in the NBA. Top 20, yes. Can't win a championship with all that you have as a top 20 player. A dude has to be considered the best or in that conversation if you're going to win a championship. And Mark Cuban, I will give him all the credit in the world. I don't know if he deserves it, but I'm giving it to him. He figured out a way how to get Luka. Out of all the bad drafts and all the bad decisions over a decade, he figured out how to get Luka, and he hit it. He got one of the five best players in the league with the third overall pick. So he did that. But once you do that, and that guy performs the way that you hoped he did, and you have to give him $200 million over five years, you have to pay $30 to a hundred more million dollars than other teams are doing. The average teams are doing to give you an idea this year with taxes. I believe I've looked this up the golden state warriors. It's not perfect numbers. Cause we don't get all the perfect numbers through hoops, hyper Spotrack, but we get a good idea. The golden state warriors are paying 190 more million dollars for their team this year. Now they are in it luxury tax wise. So that's why they're paying that much more. Cause it doesn't all go to the players. A lot of the money goes to the league when you're a consistent luxury tax paying team. But I just look at this and I've put out that article on how he's getting sued. And I don't know for exactly how much, I don't know how much Mark Cuban's lawyers feel like, look, we're going to win this. You're not going to, Hey, people got defrauded $5 billion according to this uh, lawsuit. I don't think you're going to have to pay $5 billion, but what if his lawyers are telling him, Hey, Mark, We might have to settle at a billion dollars over. I don't know. I'm I'm making this up. I'm not making up. He's getting sued. But it'll but, take time and money one way or right. another, whether it's legal defense or whatever. So I just want to make this clear to Mavs fans. Unfortunately, our owner might not have the funds right now to pay for a team around Luca. He's like, look, I will pay up to this amount, but I can't do anything else. Unfortunately, I made a major mistake financially. And I am trying to get out of this situation. And I can't I can't go pick up Zach Levine. He makes he he makes two hundred million dollars. Yep. I can't go pick up guys that are going to be a, a free agent that we need to sign to a four year seventy million dollar contract in the offseason. Hey, maybe if you can trade Christian Wood for a, a cheaper player or a player on a shorter term deal, because I don't I can't I can't afford to pay Christian Wood four years and seventy seven million dollars. Now if that's the case, 
Like, I just want to, just real quick. Yeah, yeah, I like that you're interrupting I, I, I think that would be maybe my breaking point. Not the Zach Levine. Like, if they had the assets to do it, I would be all about that. But I get that differently than if Christian Wood 4 for 77 is, it's a bridge too far, then you need to sell the team. I'm yeah. not saying it would be, but if that were the case, I'm like, then you need to stop. The next three weeks before the trade deadline and this offseason coming up will tell us everything we need to know. No matter what Mark Cuban says, we will know by the actions. The actions will tell us he's out of money or he's afraid he's about to lose a lot of money. And then also, how much money did he invest in? Voyeur, I believe it's what it's called, or Voyager. That sounds right. But how much, because he said... At least you you can see quotes, but it doesn't give the exact money that he invested in this company that went bankrupt. But yeah. so I'm just wondering all the things I'm hearing about the luxury tax and he doesn't want to pay it next year and all these things is unfortunately he might have got Luca, but yeah. then ran into financial situations because like the Memphis dude, he I think he's worth ten billion more dollars than Mark Cuban. Wow. Like it's not even close. So wow. when maybe you're competing against Memphis coming up, who by the way, Memphis here pretty soon is going to be a luxury tax team because of John Morant and their owner because he's worth about three times more than yeah. Mark Cuban in his life. He can do this. This is why the Clippers like, look, we don't care if we owe $300 million to players slash luxury right. tax. I got all the money in the world. And Mark doesn't have the money that the Clippers owner has or the Golden State owners have or the Brooklyn owners. He does with Milwaukee. I need to look up Milwaukee, but that's what's, I think, frustrating right now is you start looking at it and going, wait a second, if Denver can do it, if Milwaukee can do it, if Utah could do it for a few years with Donovan Mitchell and like, what is going on here? And then you're just going to bash Tim McMahon? You're going to take shots at a dude who's covered your team for decades and who's not putting out that Luca is like demanding a trade. He's just saying, dude, I, I want upgrades. Do you think people have more like respect right now? I'm seriously asking for in NBA circles for Tim McMahon than they do Mark Cuban. The I, I hate saying this because I don't know her name. The lady who came on this morning with Sean and RJ. Not Jane, Jane Slater. Not Jane Slater. I know who that Cassidy is. Cassidy Hubbard. Yes. She sounds like she has a lot of respect for Mark Cuban. Stephen A. Smith, who came on uh, last week, sounds like he has a lot of respect for Mark Cuban. I think Mark Cuban built up a reputation okay. from about 2000 to 2012. Which is good. Which is carrying now for a whole decade, which might not be the truth anymore. Like, I don't know. I bet Stephen A. Smith doesn't know the Mavericks have paid the least amount of money to players in the last five years. Sure. I bet Cassidy Hubbard does not know that they've paid that little amount of money to players. And, and so I just start looking at this and going, man, I think the Mavs could be in much bigger financial trouble than we're letting on. And the great thing for Mark Cuban is right now, I'm bringing this out because they're my favorite team. But we're all concentrating on the Cowboys. Really, as I'm for talking, sure. a lot of people are like, who cares? When's the next Cowboys? Segment? Yeah. Right? But I do think that our fan base, our community needs to know that Mark Cuban might be really shortchanging this thing with Luka because of issues that he's having. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. Oh my gosh, Stan Van Gundy cracked me up, but also, (laughs) which matchup do you want to see the Cowboys abuse on Sunday? Next on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.